Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network, and I'm glad you've tuned in. My name is Ernest Wamboye, and today we are continuing with our series on deception in the church, and this is part four. If you've not looked at the previous episodes, please go back, search for them. We've done three different episodes on deception in the church. The first one looked at how Satan deceived Eve and how Satan deceives us. The second one looked at the simplicity of the message of the gospel. And the third one, which we did last week, looked at how Paul the Apostle warns the Corinthian church from deception by telling them to watch out for another Jesus. And we looked at the different kind of Jesus that we often make up in our own image. Jesuses that are not biblical. Jesuses that are not in line with what the scripture says. And that is part of Satan's deception in the church to make us think that there's another version of Jesus other than what the scriptures say. And today we're going to go on with the series and we've been looking at second corinthians chapter 11 from verse 1 to verse 15 i'm going to be reading it again from the new king james version this is what it says oh that you'd bear with me in a little folly and indeed you do bear with me for i am jealous for you with godly jealousy for i have betrothed you to one husband that i may present you as a chaste virgin to christ but i fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived eve by his craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in christ for if he who comes preaches another jesus whom you have not preached or whom we have not preached or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted you may well put up with it for i consider that i am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostles even though i am untrained in speech yet i am not in knowledge but we have been thoroughly manifested among you in all things did i commit sin in humbling myself that you may be exalted because i preached the gospel of god to you free of charge i robbed other churches taking wages from them to minister to you and when i was present with you and in need i was a burden to no one for what i lacked the brethren who came from macedonia supplied and in everything i kept myself from being a bad from being burdensome to you and so i will keep myself verse 10 as the truth of Christ is in me, no one shall stop me from this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows. But what I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works." And that's the word of the Lord. And we're using this passage that Paul the Apostle wrote to the Corinthian church in his second letter, warning them of deception in the church. And today we're going to look at part the, the next part, which is part four. And we're focusing on verse four. Verse four says, For if he who preaches, for if he who comes preaches another Christ, another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Paul the Apostle highlights three areas or three weaknesses of the Corinthian church. Deception thrives in this church because of because they believe three things. One, they believe in another Jesus. 
Two, they believe in a different spirit or they receive a different spirit. And three, they believe in a different gospel. And we said we're going to exegete this in three different episodes. So the part of a different Jesus, we looked at it last week. Go look at it. See how the Corinthian church was deceived because they refused to believe in the biblical Jesus. The Jesus who was born in Nazareth, born of a virgin, lived a perfect, pure life, died, rose, was buried, descended to hell, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. They rejected that Jesus. They wanted another Jesus, a Jesus who tickles their ears, a Jesus who tickles their fancy, a Jesus who they had made in their own image. And we say that we are also equally guilty of doing that today, that we don't like biblical Jesus. We don't like, we don't like what he says, or we like parts of what he says. We don't like all that he says. We like bits of what he says. We don't like everything he says. And as a result, we end up making a God in our own image. So Paul the Apostle warns us, if we make God in our own image, especially Jesus, if we come up with a Jesus that is not presented in the Bible, and not just partly Jesus, the whole of Jesus, we will be deceived. And that's happening in many churches. And secondly, Paul says, you easily put up with a different spirit. A different spirit. Now, what is Paul the Apostle saying here? Of course, um, Paul the Apostle has taught the Corinthian church, and the Corinthian church knows that there's only one spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is given to the believer upon salvation. When the believer understands that God is holy, the believer is sinful, and that a holy God has his wrath hanging over the sinful believer, the sinful human being. Let me call them a, a human being because before they before they come to Christ, they're not a believer. They are, they are a sinner. Um, so the wrath of God is hanging over them. This human being repents. They confess they're a sinner. They ask God for mercy. And God rescinds the judgment. And God wipes away all their sin using the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, because the, sub, the, the blood is a substitution offering instead of the death of this person. Christ took our death. And not only is our sin taken away, God makes us into his children. And how does he make us into his children? He puts his Holy Spirit inside of us and his Holy Spirit moves us from death to life. And this Holy Spirit is the one that guides us through the Christian journey. Now, there's something interesting about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to confirm the ministry of Jesus. Jesus Christ even taught, he said, when I go, they will, I will send you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come and he will testify about me. The Holy Spirit is not in competition with Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to affirm biblical Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not come to contradict what Jesus says. It does not come to replace what Jesus says. It does not come to replace the Bible. It does not come to replace the scriptures. It comes to complement. But the Corinthian church have been deceived. Just as many churches today, just as we are deceived, because we reject the Holy Spirit and we believe in another spirit. Now, during the last episode, we said that bankers identified the true, the truth concerning money, not by spending all their time studying fake banknotes, because to that practice, there is no end. What they do instead, they spend most of their time studying genuine banknotes. And if they know the genuine, they can decipher and discern the fake. If you spend your time knowing what is genuine, you'll know what is false. It's the same thing with the Bible. If you know the truth of the scriptures, anything else that deviates from it is false. If you know Jesus from the scriptures, any other false Jesus that is present, presented will fall off as false. The intensity with which 
we know the scriptures results in greater discernment on our part. If we've got a shallow understanding of the scriptures, the more susceptible we are to, to, to deception. If we've got a base level understanding of the scriptures, we are more likely to be victims of deception. And we are most likely to be used against, against the work of God when we are not cognizant of the truth of the scriptures. So it is very important that we understand the scriptures, that we understand the truth, we understand the genuine. And through the scriptures, we can understand who the Holy Spirit is. And if we know who the Holy Spirit is, then we can understand the genuine. And so what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? So one, we are told that the Bible, the Bible tells us that the work, first of all, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. The Holy Spirit is not a, a sensation. The Holy Spirit is not a breeze. The Holy Spirit is a person. Is a person. He, in fact, is the first person we interact with in the Bible. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering above the waters. He's the first person we interact with when we start reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit is the one responsible for for the writing of the Bible. He's the one who inspired men and women to write the Bible. And we are told that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And he guides us on our sanctification journey as Christians. You can see that in John 16, verse 8 to 11. The Holy Spirit is also responsible for offering faithful and true prophecy. You can see that in John 16, verse 13. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. He does not glorify himself. That is found in John 16, verse 14. The Holy Spirit offers revelation from Jesus. You can see that in Ephesians 1, 17 to 18, John 16, 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 11. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom to teach spiritual things. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. The Holy Spirit glorifies biblical Jesus as Lord. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts. He apportions spiritual gifts as he wills. That is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. The Holy Spirit reminds us of the things we've been taught in Scripture. That's John chapter 14, verse 26. So the Holy Spirit is not an enemy of Scripture. The Holy Spirit is a friend of Scripture. The Holy Spirit can never contradict the Scripture. There are times you hear someone say, oh, he's so full of the Word, but no Spirit. Guys, you can only be Spirit-filled when you're filled with the Word. It starts the Word of God. The Holy Spirit moves the word of God. Now, of course, you can know the scriptures, but be devoid of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that means you've known the word of God religiously, not spiritually. The Holy Spirit affirms the humanity of Jesus. That is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 2. The Holy Spirit is a helper, paracletos. That is legal counsel. He is legal counsel for the believer. He fights for us. He represents us. He convicts us. He speaks on our behalf. The Holy Spirit lives inside of our bodies in 1 Corinthians 3.16. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses of the gospel according to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Holy Spirit is the one who seals us unto salvation. That is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. 
The Holy Spirit prays for us. He intercedes for us. That is Romans 8, 26 to 27. And the Holy Spirit is the one responsible for giving us new life in salvation. That is Romans 8, verse 10 to 11. He transfers us from darkness to light. And so this is what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And with time, you could go in-depth into all the scriptures and study what does he do? What does he say? How does he act? So deception starts off when we are enamored by a different spirit. And Paul the Apostle is saying the Corinthian church were enamored by a different spirit, not the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Bible calls false spirits. And false spirits come from false prophets. If you read the book of of First John chapter four, it says, uh, "Watch out, test the spirits, because many false prophets have gone out into the world." So there are false prophets who go out there, and they've got false spirits. All right. And so, by understanding what the Holy Spirit does, we can understand what false spirits do. Therefore, having a biblical understanding of what the Holy Spirit does, we can know for sure that this is what um, this is what false spirits do. Number one, false spirits, which are not the Holy Spirit, are passive or they are inert about sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit is very keen to convict us of sin, to convict us of righteousness. He's keen to let us know that it's a judgment. The Holy Spirit is concerned with us bearing fruit. The Holy Spirit is concerned about you being kind, being gentle, being full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He's concerned about your personal righteousness. False spirits don't care about your personal righteousness. They puff you up and they fill you with power, but they are not primarily concerned about your character. Your character is the last thing. They are passive about it, even if they are not concerned about it. They are passive about it or they are not. They don't address it. What spirit do you call the Holy Spirit? If this spirit is passive or inert about sin, righteousness and judgment, it is not the Holy Spirit. Watch out. You are being deceived. False spirits encourage sin and unrighteousness under the guise of pursuing spiritual depth. And so you may find that they excuse sin. You find in many cults, you find there's a lot of sexual immorality, a lot of deception, a lot of lying, and it is justified under the umbrella of spiritual depth. The Holy Spirit will never endorse sin. The Holy Spirit will never fund a campaign of sin. The Holy Spirit will never encourage sin. Therefore, false spirits promote the fruit of the flesh. We say that there is the fruit of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit promotes. But do you know that there is such a thing as the fruit of the flesh? If you, read the book of, uh, if you read the book of Galatians, you realize that Paul the Apostle did not only say that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness are the outcomes of someone's life. And that's the life of someone with the Holy Spirit. But someone without the Holy Spirit has got the works of the flesh, according to Galatians 5, 19-21. What are they? Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, and of which I tell you before and just as I told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. False spirits are intoxicated with these things. You see these things in the lives of those who follow them. So you tell the spirit of a man by his character. You tell the spirit of a man by the things that are in their life. False spirits do not glorify Jesus. They glorify themselves. They point attention to themselves. False spirits glorify men. They glorify your pastor, your bishop, 
They elevate him more than they elevate Jesus. They elevate that celebrity pastor. What he said in his book is more important than what Jesus said in the Bible. False spirits offer spiritual revelation from other sources. Other sources. They don't offer it from God. They don't offer it from the word of God. What are these other sources? Witchcraft, divination, sorcery, Eastern mysticism, yoga. Yep. Behind yoga is what we call the Kundalini spirit. Necromancy, familiar spirits, black and white magic, sciences, mediums, symbology, levitation, palm reading, horoscopes, fortune telling, crystal gazing, blood sacrifices, human sacrifices, casting spells, hexes and jinxes, tokens, charms, voodoo dolls, tarot cards, alchemy, freemasonry, astrology, all these things are the source of of false spirits they look for any other source african traditional religion false spirits not the spirit of god false spirits promote carnal teachings their teachings are man-centered you it's all about you your best life now what you want to do god has a plan for you god is gonna bless you god is gonna do this for you and you may think that god is a butler and you are there to be served and pampered and taken for holiday False spirits promote that kind of humanistic teaching, self-glorifying, man-centered teaching. False spirits do not glorify biblical Jesus as Lord. They just say, oh, he was a good man. They say, you know, we've got Buddha, we've got Mohammed, we've got Jesus, and they rank them all together. False teachings, false spirits rather, corrupt spiritual gifts for Satan's glory. They're obsessed with spiritual gifts and not with spiritual fruit. They're obsessed with having the limelight. Look at me. I'm prophesying. Look at me. I'm speaking in tongues. False spirits steer us away from the scriptures. Do you know that the scriptures say that for every time we speak in tongues publicly, there must be an interpretation? False spirits don't like that. False spirits disavow the humanity of Jesus. And there was a time in the early church where those are there's a group of people called the Gnostics who say Jesus did not really live. He was not a human being. He was a spirit. They disavow the humanity of Jesus. Holy, the false spirits cannot offer sound spiritual counsel. They cannot. You find yourself in the same problems over and over, over. There's never a breakthrough. You're always giving. You're always tithing. You're always sowing seeds. But this spirit is not giving you a, f- a way out. False spirits can possess unbelievers because false spirits could be very well demons, unclean spirits. They cannot possess believers because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us, but they can oppress us. False spirits empower self, not the gospel. False spirits offer no salvation, no intercession, no new life. False spirits are many. False spirits are among us. And false spirits have no power against the blood of Jesus. Ask yourself, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you walking with the Holy Spirit? The only way to understand the truth of the Holy Spirit is go back to the Word of God. Look at what the Bible says concerning the Holy Spirit and see whatever spirit is being promoted in your church. Is that the Holy Spirit? Because that could very well be the deception that the Lord your God is warning you from.
The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit is kind. I'll just say a few things again about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never rushes you. He never, never rushes you. False spirits rush you. They rush you. They force you to do things. If you've got a dynamic gift of the Holy Spirit, you need to be very careful. And when I talk about dynamic gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about gifts uh, that are uh, very, very, the other word I can only use is um, extravagant, <laughs> but very dynamic in nature. Prophecies, uh, speaking in tongues, um word of wisdom, word of knowledge, very dynamic gifts. If you have a dynamic gift of the Holy Spirit, you must be careful because Satan loves to use those dynamic gifts to impress. And at times, we can be so enamored by them and get caught into the works of false spirits or familiar spirits. And you can think that you are getting revelation from God, but you get revelation from another spirit. And you hear people giving false prophecies. It's not the Holy Spirit of God. It's a false spirit. You have to be very careful if you've got this dynamic gift. You have to watch out. You have to subscribe to the truth of the scriptures and expose these familiar spirits. Bind them according to the power Christ has given you. Cast them out. Drive them out. Make room for the one Holy Spirit. One of the ways in which most of these false spirits thrive in churches is by trying to impress with spiritual gifts. There was a particular spirit in the book of Acts where Paul the Apostle and Silas were preaching. And this false spirit was had possessed a girl and it was giving prophecies. And these prophecies were accurate. That's a funny thing. <laughs> and the 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 masters of this girl had made a lot of money. And when Paul found this girl, you know, he cast out the spirit out of her. And the spirit left. And Paul and Silas got into trouble. Now look at that. That a false spirit, not the Holy Spirit, can actually give accurate prophecies. Can give prophecies that sound correct. And Satan loves to entice people with those dynamic gifts that look so accurate attractive but guys if we are not rooted in the word we'll be distracted and deceived don't join a church that roots its foundation in miracles and gifts join a church join a church that roots its foundation in what god says the word of god because if a church roots itself in the word of god then you have no worry about the gifts the miracles and the outcomes but if a church roots itself in miracles, in gifts, in shows, many times they even shows, you find that you find that many a times familiar spirits get room and they deceive many false prophecies, false revelations, false dreams. If the word of God is the center, then everything else will fall will hold. But if it doesn't, everything will fold. And 1 Corinthians 13 is a good way to test the spirits. Love is patient. Am I being rushed? Am I being rushed to do this thing? If I'm being rushed, it is not the Holy Spirit. Love is kind. Am I being compelled to treat other people as trash by the Spirit? It is not the Holy Spirit. 
Let me turn to First Corinthians 13 and just read that list for us. Love is patient. Love is kind. And Paul the Apostle, in fact, insists that even though you've got all wonderful gifts but don't have love, you are nothing. And that's why love is the perfect way to test the Holy Spirit. Love does not envy. If this spirit causes you to look at others and desire what they have and not be happy for them, it is not the Holy Spirit. Love does not parade itself. If this spirit causes you to lift yourself up, to exalt yourself, to parade yourself, to exalt you, place you at the spotlight, you at the center, it is not the Holy Spirit. Love does not puff up. If this spirit causes you to be proud, where you think you're better than others, where it says, oh, you know, and you see this at times in, in ministries. You see a ministry saying, oh, this, this, this ministry is the best ministry. He's got a track record in prophecies. He's, he's never failed, you know. And you find that they're trying to elevate themselves above all other ministries. You know, greatest prophet in the world. It is not, love does not do that. It is not the Holy Spirit. Love does not behave rudely. Are you compelled to treat people badly? In thoughts, words, attitudes, it is not the Holy Spirit. Love does not seek its own. Are you concerned about your own well-being and not the others? That is not the Holy Spirit. Love is not easily provoked. It is not easily offended. Are you easily offended in the name of serving God? Those who truly have the Holy Spirit are not easily offended. That is not the Holy Spirit. Love thinks no evil. Love does not use evil intent to achieve its purposes. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. In iniquity, do you rejoice? In someone else's downfall, does this spirit push you to rejoice in the demise of others? That is not the Holy Spirit. But rejoices the truth. Does this spirit hate the truth, the truth of the scripture? That is not the Holy Spirit. Love bears all things. Is this an enduring spirit? If it's not enduring spirit, it's a spirit that gives up. It's still giving up on righteousness. It is not the Holy Spirit. Love believes all things. If it's not a spirit of hope, a spirit that moves towards righteousness and God's word in hope, it is not the Holy Spirit. Hopes all things. Love never fails. The Holy Spirit will never fail. His prophecies will never fail. His prophecies will be true. His word will be true. All that he does will be true. And amen. Have you believed the Holy Spirit? The true Holy Spirit and not a different Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Anes Homboy from the Relationship Center podcast, and I'm glad you tuned in. And for more great podcasts that will build your faith, please head over to www.edify.app, that is E-D-I-F-I.app, or you could search for the Edify app in the App Store, Google, or Apple. And I look forward to seeing you next time.